0: Acts chapter 5, 17 through 42. If you're there, say amen. Amen. But the high priest rose up and all who were with him, that is the party of the Sadducees, and filled with jealousy, they arrested the apostles and put them into the public prison. But during the night an angel of the Lord opened the prison doors and brought them out and said, Go and stand in the temple and speak to the people all the words of this life. And when they heard this, they entered the temple at daybreak and began to teach. Now when the high priest came and those who were with him, they called together the council and all the senate of Israel and sent to the prison to have them brought. But when the officers came, they returned and reported, We found the prison securely locked and the guards standing at the doors. But when we opened them, we found no one inside. Now when the captain of the temple and the chief priests heard these words, they were greatly perplexed about them, wondering what this would come to. And someone came and told them, Look, the men whom you put in prison are standing in the temple and teaching the people. Then the captain with the officers went and brought them, but not by force, for they were afraid of being stoned by the people. And when they had brought them, they set them before the council, and the high priest questioned them, saying, To Israel and forgiveness of sins, and we are witnesses to these things, and so is the Holy Spirit, whom God has given to those who obey Him. When they heard this, they were enraged and wanted to kill them. But a Pharisee in the council named Gamaliel, a teacher of the law, held in honor by all the people, stood up and gave orders to put the men outside for a little while. And he said to them, Men of Israel, take care what you Are about to do with these men. For before these days Thodos rose up claiming to be somebody and a number of men, about 400, joined him. He was killed and all who followed him were dispersed and came to nothing. After him Judas the Galilean rose up in the days of the census and drew away some of the people after him. He too perished and all who followed him were scattered. So in the present case I tell you keep away from these men and let them alone. For if this plan or this undertaking is of man, it will fail. But if it is of God, you will not be able to overthrow them. You might even be found opposing God. So they took his advice. Verse 40. And when they had called in the apostles, they beat them and charged them not to speak in the name of Jesus and let them go. Then they left the presence of the council, rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer dishonor for the name. And every day in the temple, from house to house, they did not cease teaching and preaching Jesus as the Christ. May God bless the reading of his word this morning. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Evangelism 101 at its finest. If we think that we have it bad, I want us to understand and see very clearly, very quickly, that the apostles had it bad. Do you understand what I'm telling you? They had it bad. It was clear that they had it bad. They were not liked. This is the second time that they were arrested. In just two short chapters here, we see this this jealousy rise up like like a loaf of leavened bread and it it rises up from the Sadducees and it comes and it just enrages them because these people are healing people. These apostles are doing good work. They are healing people. People are being saved. People that couldn't walk are walking. People that couldn't see are seeing. Why would we be jealous over that? The Scripture teaches us to rejoice with those that rejoice and to mourn with those that mourn. So why would the Sadducees see good doing in their own town and be jealous because of it? Listen to what it says in 17, remember this is evangelism at its finest. But the high priest rose up and all who were with him, that is the party of the Sadducees. Remember they didn't believe in in the resurrection, they didn't believe in the spirit, they didn't believe in the angels. And so what's about to happen goes completely against everything that the Sadducees stand for. We've got to understand that. High priest rose up and all who were with him, that is the party of the Sadducees, and filled with jealousy or indignation, they arrested the apostles and put them in the public prison. Matthew chapter 10, 16 through 20 says this. You don't have to turn there. I've already read it. But for the sake of scripture, I want to go back. Because Jesus told them that this would come, didn't he? He told them this. Behold, I am sending you out as sheep in the midst of wolves... So be wise as serpents and innocent as doves. Beware of men for they will deliver you over to the courts and flog you in their synagogues and you will be dragged before governors and kings for my sake. Sounds like a good life, doesn't it? To bear witness before them and the Gentiles when they deliver you over, do not be anxious how you are to speak or what you are to say for what you are to say will be given to you in that hour for it is not you who speak but the spirit of your father because their father speaking through you. And you will be hated by all for my namesake. What's happening in Acts chapter 5 is the fulfillment of what Jesus told them would take place. They were hated. They were arrested. They were put in public prison. And then we have here in verse 19, But during the night... I love this. This is I just think this is like some of the coolest stuff this passage. But during the night an angel of the Lord remember when we hear angel of the Lord this angel came from where? He came from the Lord, right? He came from heaven, he came from glory. I mean, this is a this is a messenger on a mission. And his miss, mission was what? Was to go release the apostles, and to give them a message. The angel wasn't allowed to preach the message, but he told them what to preach. He told them what to do. Now, I think that that's neat. I don't know about you guys. They didn't have time to sit around and chew the fat and say, Hey guys, uh You know, what's it like up there in heaven? What's it like up there in glory? No. He opens the prison doors and he brought them out. But during the night, an angel of the Lord opened the prison doors, brought them out and said, this is what he said right here. And I want you to catch this because we're going to see this through the remainder of this text. Verse 20, this is what he says. The second time they have been arrested, and this is the second time that they were arrested, being in Solomon's portico or Solomon's porch, and now they are going to go back to the very same place that they were arrested and begin to preach again. Three times in a row. Then they were flogged, and then they're going to do it again and again and again. Why? I'll tell you why right here. Go and stand in the temple. I can almost imagine the looks on their faces, these apostles. Really? (laughs) We just got thrown in prison. We've been detained twice because of this. The angel straight from the Lord delivers this message. And he says, go and stand in the temple and speak to the people. All the words of this life. What does he say? He says, go. You go. You get out of here. I've unlocked the doors. The guards don't know you're here. I don't know how it happened. I don't care. The scripture tells us it happened. It was a miracle. They were in prison. The angel comes in, unlocks them, they go out. Anybody have a problem with that? All right, that's, that's as simple as it can be. What about the guards? Don't know. I have no idea what happened to the guards. Whether they were in a trance by the angel or whatever it might have been. They might have been blinded by his brightness. I don't know. But I do know that the angel came in and says, go out, go into the temple and go preach. The words of this life. And he didn't just say go preach the words of this life. He said go preach all the words of this life. What is he saying? Go preach the gospel. You have been given the words of life. Do not hold it back. Go preach. Evangelism 101. This comes straight from heaven. This is the great commission at its finest. They were in prison, and the angel comes down and sends them back out, and he says, you go back into the temple, you got work to do there. People are being saved, you got work to do. They were given the words of life, and I want us to understand we have been given the words of life as well. I would even dare to say that there are some in here at this very moment that has never shared their faith with anybody at all all i don't know your heart i don't know what you have and have not done maybe you share your faith once a year or maybe you can look back over the last 20 years and say you know what i've shared my faith maybe six times i remember that instance i remember that instance he didn't give us the words of life he didn't arm us with the greatest weapon that's ever hit the planet for no reason To have the words of life and to not share them is absolutely ludicrous. It's like having the cure for cancer and not telling anybody. Right? What we wouldn't give to heal those that had had passed from cancer. What we wouldn't give to go to Willie Mae right now and give her that cure. Well, if you had it, you would give it to her, right? Well, here the Scripture tells us that we have been given all the words of life. We have been given the gospel in its fullness, in its entirety. And there are people that are dying. They got one foot on a banana peel and the other foot in the grave. Their feet are slipping. And they're coming out from underneath them. And we hold the power and the golden key to help them. The angel charged them. This is a command from heaven. You've got to remember something. This angel didn't go down on his own volition. He left heaven because the Lord told him to he went down there and told them exactly what the Lord told him to say. And that is this, go back into the temple and go back and preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. We ought to be ashamed of ourselves for having the good news and having that golden key that cures all. And to hide it under a bushel. We got a lot of basket basket wearers, I believe. We need to take those off and we need to share the gospel. Last week Glenn Shivers was saved. Amen. <laughs> in the eleventh hour? You know he's still saving people in the eleventh hour? Glenn had that. He had been seeing people his whole life. Been been around people that knew the Lord. Nelson had been talking to him about the Lord for years. He gets sick, goes into the hospital. I get to share the gospel with him. Nelson continues to talk to him as others do. And then a man came in and entered into all of those labors and was able to pluck that fruit. And Glenn was saved. In the 11th hour. Because we have the words of life. Some of us have the words of life and don't share them. and don't even, People don't even know that they have the words of life because they've never even expressed it to anybody else. This is crazy. The reason why Jesus told them in Matthew chapter 10 that they would be hated because of the name of Jesus is because they were going to be given something and that something was the words of life. You're not going to be hated if you don't share that. But when you share that, you're going to be hated. Persecution is going to come. So they do this. They share the words of life. And when they heard this, they entered the temple at daybreak and began to teach. Bless their hearts. Man, they didn't even know. I mean, they'd been with Jesus and they knew what was going on. They knew that they were entering into dangerous territory. Here they are back again in Solomon's porch, the same place where they got arrested. Before the same place they got arrested before that, they're back and at daybreak, as soon as people could see, they go in and they begin to preach. During this time, the high priests they were coming together, trying to figure out what to do with them, and so they send for them. And when they send for them, the report comes back and it says, "What? They're not there. The doors are securely locked. The guards are there." but no apostles what in the world happened how could this be and as they're contemplating as they're going back and forth talking and deliberating on this on this very issue about these apostles one comes in and he says look they're in the temple and they are preaching they're preaching they're back The first time they were told to leave, the second time they were told to leave, the angel gets them and now they're back in the temple. Why are they back in the temple? Because people were being saved. They had the words of life. They had the golden key. And they were giving it out. Verse 25, and someone came and told them, look, the men who you put in prison are standing in the temple and teaching the people. This made the Sadducees lose it. They flipped their lid. Absolutely went off the chain. They couldn't help it any longer. They wanted to kill them. They wanted to do away with them. They did not like them. But now you see, something has changed. Now... So many people have come to know the Lord. At once the Sadducees wanted to stone them. Now the Sadducees are scared to death of being stoned. You see how the tides are turning in the text? Why is that? Because the apostles were doing what they were told to do. They put the enemy on their heels. Listen to what it says. Then the captain with the officers went and brought them, but not by force. They said, y'all come go with us. We need to have a meeting. They didn't make a big to-do about it. They went and got them. Because they were scared of being stoned by the people. In verse 27 it says this, And when they brought them, they set them before the council. And the high priest questioned them. you got to love the high priests all the way through these, through these gospel encounters. You see these high priests and they're always arrogant. They're always pompous. They're always in a position that is lifted up and they're always we always see them coming down. Set them before the council and the high priest questioned them saying... We strictly charged you not to teach in this name. Yet yet here you have filled Jerusalem with your teaching. May it be said about every single one of us. You have filled Jerusalem with your teaching. The high priest is admitting... That the gospel message has been sent and has been broadcasted throughout all of Jerusalem. He is admitting this. That it has been spread. And spread it did. Like a wildfire. Yet you fill Jerusalem with your teaching. And you intend to bring this man's blood upon us. Well, here, they're they're going contrary to what they said back in the Gospels. Let his blood be on us and our kids. Crucify him, crucify him, crucify him. Remember that? Now, what are they saying? You intend to bring this man's blood upon us? Peter says, absolutely, because you murdered the King of glory. Listen to what happens. But Peter and the apostles answered, we must obey God rather than men. The first thing we see about the apostles are they were obedient to preach the words of life. Obedience. We must obey God rather than man. This should be our life's goal, to obey God rather than man. We see obedience first from the apostles. Listen to what comes next. The God of our fathers raised Jesus. We see the resurrection from the dead. Resurrection from the dead. The God of our fathers raised Jesus. This was a dagger to their heart and the reason why is because they did not believe in the resurrection Certainly didn't believe in the Spirit and the angels. That's why they were always sad, you see. (laughs) Had to throw that in there. I always like to throw that in there. But Peter and the apostles answered We must obey God rather than man. The God of our fathers raised Jesus, so we have obedience, we have the resurrection. And these are the words of life. We see this snippet, this sermon of Peter and the rest of the apostles. Right here in this small text, we see this huge, gigantic sermon. They are preaching before the Sanhedrin, before the Pharisees, the Sadducees, all of them. They're on trial. And listen to what they say. We must obey God before you. Do you know that it is our responsibility as Christians to obey God before our government? To obey God before any and all other things? We are supposed to obey Him. That puts Christians in a whole different category. A whole different playing field than the rest of the world. Because we have one that is much higher than us. And being as we have one that is much higher than us, He's given us a a code of conduct, if you will. A way to live by a God. He's given us the words of life. And so we are to obey Him rather than man. The God of our fathers raised Jesus whom you killed. Man, you talk about full of heat. The apostles are standing united just as they did in the temple. They're standing united. You don't see any of them crawfishing here as they did at the cross, but they're standing united by the Spirit of God in one accord. And they say this, you killed Jesus by hanging him on A tree. But the Father raised him back up. Listen to what it says. Then we have the exaltation of Christ. He is to be exalted. He is to be lifted up. God exalted him at the right hand. As leader and savior. This is that ascension where he goes up and he mediates on our behalf. But two names are given to him here. Leader, which is prince. That's what it means, prince or leader. And the next is savior. We know what that is. And it says to give repentance to Israel. See, Peter is preaching a a message to the council here. He is telling them in his rebuttal on trial exactly what happened. In doing so, he is giving them the words of life. He is showing them the gospel message. You killed him, God raised him up. We obey him. Why? Because He was raised up, because He was exalted, because He ascended, because He is our prince, because He is our leader, because He is our Savior. It says that His right hand is the leader and Savior to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. How beautiful is that? gives us that ability to turn, but also for our sins to be blotted out, for our sins to be washed clean. The Sadducees weren't hearing any of this. They just got madder and madder and Peter continues to go on. And then he brings out another dagger and and he jabs them with it, and in 32 it says, And we are witnesses to these things, and so is the Holy Spirit, whom God has given to those who obey him. So Peter starts his rebuttal to them with obedience, and he ends it with what? Obedience. It's always about obedience. Always about obeying the Lord. This is absolute evangelism at its finest. Listen to their response. When they heard this, they were enraged and wanted to kill them. Quite a bit different than the response of those from the first and the second preaching that they did. If you recall in Acts chapter 2, when they preached, they were pricked in the heart and they said, what must we do to be saved? And then if you crawl in Acts chapter 3 and 4, where the 5,000 were saved... Peter and the apostles, they are there and they are giving the same message, the same words of life and the people in chapter 4 at the beginning. They then repent and obey the gospel as they were commanded to. And 5,000 were saved. And the church began to grow and exceed beyond that number. But when those that were hard-hearted heard the gospel... When they heard this, they were enraged and wanted to kill them. They wanted to kill the twelve apostles that were bringing the greatest cure ever. But a Pharisee in the council named Gamaliel, a teacher of the law, held in, in honor by all the people, stood up and gave orders to put the men outside for a little while. They were always having secret meetings, weren't they? If y'all want to have a secret meeting about me, just please in, include me. If y'all are going to do that, include me. Just, I can take it. I'm a big boy. But see, what happened was all through this book, and every time that these guys were being arrested, they were like, send them out. We need to discuss on what to do. We don't want to talk about it in front of them. Secret meeting. People today have secret meetings, don't they? They don't want to confront the righteous in their face and say, you did this, 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 and this, so now we're going to do this. They're going to get all their ducks in a row and come at you full strength. This is what's happening in the text. They say, get out of here, we need to talk. Gamaliel, he's a wise man. Don't know much other than that about him. But he tells them, there was this one that rose up. He says, guys, y'all need to be careful. There was this one that rose up. What he did didn't last very long, and the rest of them were scattered. And then there was another one that rose up and did the same thing. Didn't last very long, and they were scattered. He said, but if they are of God, you may actually find yourself fighting with God. This is what he says to them. So this man was wise. It's beyond me why he didn't listen to the apostles. But this man had some wisdom. And believe it or not, the Sadducees listened to him. They say, okay, we hear what you're saying. If it's of their own works, then it'll come to naught. So this is what we're going to do. Everybody in agreement? Let's just beat the fire out of them. Send them on their way. Let's know what happens. Verse 40. And when they called in the apostles, they beat them. This is an answer to Matthew chapter 10. They brought them, they put them in prison. They beat them. You reckon they beat them with just just a little paddle on the rear end? No. They beat them. And they charged them not to speak in the name of Jesus. Third time, they thought this would be a charm. Third time's a charm. They thought it would be, but it's not. They beat them, they persecuted them, they charged them. Don't say anything else about Jesus. And let them go. And next what happens is amazing to me. In this beaten state that they were in, they were thankful that they were considered to be worthy to be beaten for the cause of Christ. They didn't bellyache about it. They didn't fuss about it. They went away praising God because of it. Listen to what happens in this text. Then they left the presence of the council rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer dishonor for the name. Let me ask you a question. Would your life display this? That you would be counted worthy to suffer for the name of Christ? Or are we like everybody else? Christians are to stand out. They're to be different. They're to act different, talk different, walk different, look different. They're to be like Christ. And if Christ was beaten and abused and tortured and His apostles were, and He tells us, we will be as well. When that time comes, we are to rejoice that we have been counted worthy to suffer for the cause of Christ. Can you say that about your life? I would like to think that that I would suffer for the cause of Christ. Christ. But as soon as I say something like that, I'm reminded of Simon Peter who who ducked back and denied Christ. These are things that we have to ask ourselves, these are things that we have to consider. Because that persecution, it is coming. It is coming. They left the presence of the council rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer dishonor for the name. This is evangelism at its finest. They worshipped, they rejoiced in the midst of persecution. Just as Paul did in Acts 16 when he was thrown in jail with Silas. They worshipped in the midst of persecution. Do we worship in the midst of persecution or do we waller in it? Do we worship or do we waller? So many of us waller, don't we? You know, the thing about a hog waller is they always come back to it. You know it? They always come back to that hog waller where it's at. They've already got it wore out. It's a comfortable place. It's a place they've been before. It's a place where they know how they can get muddy, get dirty, get the the bugs off of them. They can go back there and they can waller in it. Christians love to waller. They love to get in their own minds, and get down in their own self, and they love to waller when they're being persecuted. But the Scripture teaches us here, if you're going to evangelize and if you're going to share the words of life, expect persecution. And when persecution comes, rejoice and be exceedingly glad. For great is your reward in heaven. For they persecuted the prophets before you. And then in verse 42, you see their resolve. They were resolute in this mission. The angel had given them a mission to speak all of the words of life. In verse 42, it says, And every day, this should shame every single one of us. Every one of us. They knew what they had. They knew what they had. So they were then going to give that out. And every day, every day, in the temple, (laughs) the guys just couldn't leave the temple, could they? They kept going back. Can you believe them? the audacity that they had, the gall that they had. They were told three times now to, to not be in the temple, to not share the name of Christ. But after they leave, beaten and bruised, bloody, they're rejoicing and they are praising God. And then after that, it goes on to a little bit further into the days of the early church. In 42, it, it moves forward past this situation. It says, And every day in the temple and from house to house, in the temple and from house to house, evangelism 101, they did not cease. Teaching and preaching Jesus as the Christ. Sharing the gospel is not just the pastor's job. Y'all know that I do it a lot. I love my Jesus. I love to tell his story. I'll go down telling it. But it's not my job alone. These apostles were given this to speak the words of life to all that they came in contact with. To go to the temple, to go to the houses, to share Jesus with those that they come in contact with. But so often we keep what God has given to us under a bushel. And the world doesn't even know that we're children of God and this just should not be the case this is absolute evangelism 101 at its finest every day in the temple and from house to house they did not cease teaching and preaching Jesus as the Christ it should be in our homes it should be where we go you know the you know the feeling that you get True children of God, they know what it is when the Spirit prompts you to share with someone else and then you don't. You know what it's like. Or am I the only one that experienced that? Am I the only one that's experienced that? The Spirit says, go share the gospel with that person and you don't do it. Has anybody else experienced that? I know that you have. We're all cut from the same cloth. We've been bought with the same blood. And so the Scripture teaches us here in our text that we are to preach and teach the words of life to those that we come in contact with. What are the words of life? There's three things that really need to be at the center of this thing in the gospel. That Jesus died for sinners. He died for sinners. That He died for the ungodly. As He was perfect, He died for the ungodly. He was buried for three days without life and was raised Again, on the third day. That's the second that's the second truth. But not only that he was seen by all these people and then on the top of the Mount of Olives he ascended up into glory witnessed by all these where he now sits at the right hand of the Father these three truths, where he sits at the right hand of the Father interceding on my behalf. This is my Jesus, and this is my story. And he is able this morning, right now, to save those that are lost. I don't care how bad you think that you've been in your life, he can take it and he can obliterate that guilty conscience. He can wash it under the blood and it's all through obedience to this message. It's obedience to the words of life that have been given. Obedience, repentance, turning from your ways by faith in the risen Savior. Trusting that He is the God that is able to save. We have the words of life. And I have shared them with you this morning. Now, you are without excuse. May God bless the reading of His Word. Let's pray.